0: This podcast was recorded live on February 25th at 10 p.m. Things may have changed since the time of this recording. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am Samore, your host, and the fellas are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. We are live on Facebook and looking forward to another fantastic conversation. You can follow our Facebook page at SJH Man Cave and our Facebook group at SJH Podcast Family to get notified when we're going live and engage in discussions we have throughout the week. You can also see our videos on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. And with all that being said, let's dive right in. And I want to warn you, all up front. This is going to be a Chicago news episode this time because there's been a lot of big things going on in Chicago and we want to try to cover all of it. So first big thing, a new criminal justice bill has been signed by Pritzker. Got to admit when I saw the photos, felt a little bit of pride because they had the signing at our alma mater, Chicago State University. They even had the green cloth all over the long table as Pritzker sat there and signed it. Never thought I'd see a uh, government bill being signed at CSU, so it kind of warmed the soul a little bit. But get into what's important. Criminal justice bill, what is actually ended? First and foremost, it's supposed to end cash bail by 2023, which, of course, has been something criminal justice advocates have been begging for for quite some time. It will also require body cameras to be worn by police by 2025. I'm not sure if it's really required uh, by law right now. I assume it's not since it's been part of this bill. So by 2025, all Chicago police officers will have to wear body uh, cameras. It also outlaws chokeholds and it allows people to file complaints against the police anonymously. Uh, and finally, officers are no longer allowed to tase people in the back. So uh, there were a lot of criminal justice advocates. Yeah, that was kind of weird to me as well, Jason. I'm not sure uh, what what that particular last one was about, but apparently they felt like it needed to be in there. I trust the judgment. <laughs> You're going to
1: tase somebody. I want to see it coming.
0: Right. You know, <laughs> and actually, what was what was interesting is it was one of the points that the police brought up saying that this is a problem with the bill because they claim that the back is the safest place to tase someone. And they said, if you force us to tase them for the front, we might hit the groin or their head or something like that. But if you let us tase might them, we really care. Come on, said- man! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that here,
2: I, I might said- tase
1: them in the groin. Fuck
0: on out here, dude.
2: They're aiming for the damn groin.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> tase them uh, in that- the head. Come on, dog. that's my thought. Uh, the police have named this the anti-police bill. And said that uh, any true defender of law enforcement should not stand for this and not agree with this bill. Uh, Hudson, what are your thoughts?
2: Um, I think so. I think most of the bill, at least the parts that I'm hearing about, is is backwards. And and I and I only think it's backwards because yeah, you know, I think I said this on the show about when when everything started in the summer. Or, or like late spring or whenever about banning chokeholds, that was one of the big things. And and I don't see taking chokeholds away from officers as, as any solution here. I mean, on the contrary, I think when an officer needs to put on a chokehold, they should put it on. But what, what it's doing to me is it, it's, it's what, what's the word for it? Instead of addressing the issues of, of racism, of, of of police officers' conduct. It's just saying, okay, I'm going to stop you from doing this. So you take chokeholds. So what are they going to do, nut grabbers now? I mean, I mean they're, they're going to do something. So we just take one thing away. They're going to do something else. So then we have to put another bill together and say you can't do nut grabbers now. And then when they stop that, then they're gonna they're gonna go to to giving you froggers in the in the arm, you know, as 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 trying to subdue you. So now we're gonna put in a, a, a bill against that. You know, we need to concentrate on making the officers understand that these are human beings that you're serving each and every day. And and we need to concentrate on putting the right people in those positions as opposed to letting somebody with some muscles. Or, or some aggression or some anger get on the police force in the first place. Because that's a lot of times what's happening. People who want to who want to abuse authority are getting these positions. And that's where we need to start drawing the line. So hopefully, and I haven't been through the whole bill at all. I, there's no way I've been through that whole bill. So I hope it's addressing that. That's what I need to see addressed. But you tell me you're getting rid of cash bail. Well, It's still going to be a judge's discretion on certain on certain crimes at a certain level for them to deny bail or not. So what I'm picturing is still a system who will say, okay, a white person committed grand larceny, a black person committed grand larceny. I'm going to hold the the black person in prison. I'm going to let the white guy out and let him go to his family. So it's still giving a judge discretion on certain crimes of whether they're going to allow the person to sit at home or not. So again it's not addressing the overall problems to me at all. So I don't I don't agree well, would with you the police. See in the bill. You know, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. The problem is, is is I don't see where I don't see where putting more laws and more words on paper is really helping when we have to address the fundamental concerns of the, the person who has the discretion in the first place that's who we have to get to and we're 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 telling them okay people with certain crimes aren't you're not even going to consider bail on that right and i'm sure that's what's in the in the bit but once you get to a certain level probably to a felony charge i'm sure they're going to say well you can consider holding them versus letting them letting them go home and that's where the problem is going to start coming in there now so i mm-hmm. I don't see this bill I mean I like here's what I like Pritzker is trying to do something i I feel like he's trying to do something and, and for him to do it at Chicago State, well you know we we know who he's who he's trying to let know that he's doing this for he's trying to he's trying to let let us know that we have a friend in pritzker I, I actually appreciate that mm-hmm. I appreciate that he's trying. So don't get me wrong there. I want them to try and I want them to keep working at it, but it's still a long way to go. And I don't think this bill is starting in the right place. Interesting. So I don't think I agree with that.
0: I I agree with the idea that there's a fundamental issue that the crime bill doesn't really address. But I also feel like in general, power corrupts. Right. That no matter who you get into these positions, you need laws that are going to help hold them accountable and at least on some level limit their power. And what we've experienced for decades in this country is that they will imprison mostly black males for extremely long prison sentences as a way to keep the jails full and keep money flowing into the state. And ending cash bail goes a long way to ending that process because you have so many people who are locked away and they haven't even had a trial. They haven't even had an opportunity to show, hey, I didn't even do what you all are accusing me of because they simply don't have enough money to be able to bail themselves out of jail. And so I do believe that putting this in place Creates a more equitable system, even if you are not addressing the fact that a judge puts somebody in that position to begin with. I I feel like, especially in Chicago, the issues that are that have happened in the city that have put so many people in power who are willing to use that power to the detriment of the Black community, I don't think there's any bill you could put forth that's really going to resolve that, which in my mind means the bills that are put forth have to be more so be focused on how do we mitigate the impacts? How do we stop the bleeding? How do we stop the cycle? And I definitely feel like this bill helps to do that. And we've had many conversations before, you know, if you if we want to talk about chokeholds, where we've looked at something a police officer has done and said, this was horrible. We don't believe that this officer should have done this. But at the same time, their handbook or their guidebook probably says that they can do this. So therefore, there's no way to bring legal charges towards that particular officer. So I am happy to see chokeholds outlawed because I, the next time, if ever, I see a police officer in Chicago using a chokehold against a citizen, I want to know that the law actually can be used to say you, your badge is being taken away at the very least, and you're possibly even facing jail time because the decision has been made. Chokeholds are not the way you should be interacting with your citizens. And at the end of the day, like you, like you already said, a lot of the people who are involved in law enforcement, who are involved in our criminal justice system, they, they got into it for reasons that are not good for the city. Like these people wanted the opportunity to be able to beat on other Black people. They wanted the opportunity to be able to sentence Black children to long stretches of time. And so I don't even know how we're going to be able to weed these people out necessarily. Like the system is kind of built on this, but that doesn't mean I want these folks sitting around doing nothing or working towards goals that really can't be accomplished for years on out. I want the bleeding to stop now. And so when I look at this bill, I do believe that overall it is a positive thing. Oh no. I,
1: I take positivity to be relative. Uh, quite honestly, it just feels like another band-aid. It feels like some more bullshit that the people are throwing out there right now just to fuck around and make somebody feel like, you know, hey, I'd like you to vote for me again next year. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like who's honestly going to make legislation or who's going to make changes that actually benefit black people? I don't. I don't see it ever happening. Uh, you're talking about a bill right now where they're saying that they're eliminating cash bail, they're eliminating chokeholds. What was what was what, what did we just laugh about? Um, that they're not Tashing tasering in the people in the back anymore. <laughs> uh, nothing in this have I heard, and like I said, just like everybody else here, I haven't necessarily read the whole thing, but I haven't heard anywhere involved where it says what the punishment will be when these when these officers or these people do this. Cause they're just not going to stop just because this bill was signed in. I mean, hell if, if anything, the response from the police right now, hell shit just about to get amped up even more. I'm scared of what well, not to go out here now. Cause I'm pretty sure it's going to be some cop shit. That's going to put who's he's going to pull all the stops he can. And then he's going to sit back and see what he can get away with. Cause yeah. Okay. You tase this guy in the back. Uh, this is going to be a slap on the wrist. Is he going to go to jail? Is he going to be arrested for it? Is there a penalty that goes along with this bill? I have not heard anything about that discussed at all. I haven't heard anything about any kind of accountability in regards to the police. If these situations are violated, I, these aren't even laws. This is just a bill. It's, I, I get yelled at by these nomads people. Every time they walk into the store about, Hey, this is against the law. It's not even law. It's not even a law. It's just a mandate. I mean, that's that, this isn't a law. This isn't this isn't anything that's that's causing any form of punishment for the people who are who are causing these problems, which is the police right now. I haven't heard anything about it. Is there a, a is there a penalty behind? Hey, if you use the chokehold, you going to jail for five years. Is there anything like that, or you will automatically lose your pension, or you lose your job, and you won't be able to get picked up in another uh township or city or whatever the hell because if these dudes lose their jobs all they do is just move to another part of the city or another town and they get their jobs right on back so i don't i don't understand how it how how anybody even perceives it as a benefit it's cool that he came out it's cool he went up to chicago state and surrounded himself with a bunch of black people and signed this bill like it really meant something it don't them cash bales. They might benefit some of these people with these lower level crimes who are sitting in Cook County. And I don't know how that's going to affect the folks that sitting in Cook County right now. Because just like this whole, you know, weed is legal thing. Them dudes that, that didn't smoke weed and had weed and went to jail for it still in jail right now. Some of them so. have been released, but I'd like to see, you know, if, I think they all should be at this point. If they went in for some low level crime with weed, if weed is legal, why they in jail? So if that's the case, we need to go in. We They're going to have to actually take the time out to look and see who's in jail on these petty crimes and on these on these high bonds or whatever. And then they're going to have – are they going to be released? What's going to happen with that? But you don't hear anything about that. It's just a bill that's been signed, but I don't think it has any bearing. I don't think it does anything. It's, it's great that they came out to make it seem like they tried, but I don't see anything coming of it.
2: Well, you know, you want to know what I think. I think at the end of the day, there's, there's a lot of laws in place that are already there. I think if you want to make the greatest impact here, you you express and you say out loud, you say on camera in front of the world and say, the laws are there. The problem is, is that people are playing favorites. And there, there might not be a specific law against the chokehold. There's laws against police brutality. You know, just just have the nuts to stand there and say that people treat black people unfairly. Just have the balls to say that, and then and then let's and, and that's where you begin to fix it. But now, but now we're blaming the chokehold for racism. That that see that still just doesn't make sense to me. What
0: you're saying doesn't make sense to me either, though, because I feel like we see politicians stand in front of the microphone all the time and say, well, things are not as fair for black people. Well, please treat black people differently. We hear that all the time and then they just don't do anything about it. Or they'll say it on the campaign trail like, hey, I know you're being treated unfairly. Vote for me and I'll make this such and such happen, blah, 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 blah. Like people always talk about it, but then nothing ever actually happens. So I, it, it's hard for me to believe that. What really needs to happen is more talk and more discussion. I, I feel like this is the solution has to be action oriented. and at the end of the day, the fact that the the reaction from the police and law enforcement towards this bill has been absolutely visceral. They have made it absolutely clear that they feel this bill is in direct opposition to them and everything that they stand for, to me, it shows that it's a step in the right direction. You have the, the uh, president of the fraternal order going on TV and saying, I know of several officers who are now looking at career changes or trying to go be a police officer in a different state. And I'm like, if, if your state, if, if your city has instituted a law banning chokeholds and your reaction to that is that you need to go be a police officer in a different state, let me sh- help you show you out the door. Like, to me, this this is the answer. Actually do something, actually pass something, actually put forth bills and laws that limit what how the police are able to abuse us. And in and of itself, that
2: weeds out the people who are only here to abuse us. The police are children, man. And, and I, I, at, at eight o'clock, I tell my kid, hey, you know, you need to clean up your toys. Now, one day this week, I told her at like 7.55 or something. And boy, was she on my ass. That just five minutes, just five minutes made her on my ass. And you know why? Because she didn't want tomorrow to be 10 minutes early. She didn't want the next day to be 15 minutes early. She didn't want the next day to be 20 minutes early until it was actually something real. I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, and, and I acknowledge again. The fact that he's doing something is 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 a step in the right direction. absolutely is. But it doesn't mean that to me it's the right step still. And yes, any step, any step whatsoever, the police are going to complain. Because that is what they are shown to do every single time. I mean, so you, you take That's a penny. They do. <laughs> if you tell them they're going to get a penny deducted from their paychecks for the next year because of budget <laughs> cuts. The, the president of the fraternal order is going to get on camera and talk about it. So, I mean, that's just that's just what they do. Their are children. That's, that's it. That's all mm-hmm. it is.
1: They got mad and threatened to quit their jobs and shit when they fucked around and told them they had to switch from Glock 9s to fucking Smith & Wessons, for Christ's sake. Just because the police get mad and threaten to get, the, they going to quit. And I'm going to move to, they going to stay right here and they going to keep doing the same shit they've been doing. Give me a count of how many of these motherfuckers then actually quit and went someplace else. Please. Because they get mad every time they get mentioned in the fucking news because they feel like their privilege and their authority is being threatened. So, of course, they're going to fuck around and and pout and be like little bitches and shit and talk crap. Of course they are. But they're going to sit here and do the same shit because what they're going to find out is is they're still not accountable for nothing. They still ain't accountable. I can give out as many chokeholds as I want. All they're going to do is give me a reprimand. At the most, I might get suspended with pay. So how does that make a difference? How How does that make our community any safer? Because we got revved up cops and shit who are being told by a bill that they can't do a chokehold. But I guess what? Guess what would happen if I still used a chokehold? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm going to patrol the same neighborhood or they're just going to move me to a different district where I'm going to go and do the same damn thing. So when you come out, when you got somebody that come out with a law that says, hey, if we get a cop who decides to do a chokehold that we just said was illegal and we're going to lock him up for five or six years. Okay, then I I give you a little gratitude on that one. I I give you the benefit of the doubt, but no, that's because you that's because you say something don't happen no more. I went to school many days and they said, hey, you can't you can't bring you can't wear gym shoes to school. Motherfuckers still wore gym shoes. <laughs> Guess what? They didn't. didn't nothing happened. They ain't get suspended. Motherfuckers ain't get detention. They ain't fuck around to get kicked out of school. They just came to class and they went on about their fucking business. Same thing fuck cops is going to do. They've been doing this shit for years. They've been pulling this bullshit for years, saying, hey, we going to reform this. We're going to change that. We're going to do this. Hell, they, these body cams, they, they 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 talk shit when they talked about putting cameras on them. Don't you remember that? It was a big deal when the police talked about that shit. Oh, hell, these body cameras and whatever that don't make us official and this and that, that, that threatened their authority too. So now what do they do? They just cut them off. They turn the fucking cameras off. Why ain't no law against that? Why is there no penalty for turning the fucking camera off that's on your damn chest? That's supposed to be proven what's going on. How are you not fired immediately? How are you not penalized for that? There's no, there's nothing in these things are showing or saying that we are going to hold these people
2: accountable. Period. Jason's saying all that Pritzker signed was a policy. This is a handbook policy, is what
0: he said.
1: Every time it's a fucking governor, they sign some bullshit like this. And they throw a fucking name on it and they sign it in a black neighborhood somewhere. They do it in a fucking black church with a couple black pastors behind them and shit. They do this every fucking every two, three years. And they've been doing this shit since I was a kid. How does this make a difference? How is this how is this such a big deal because of what's happening now? Tell me when you going to tell me when he break this law, this cop is going to jail for a certain amount of years and everybody who does it behind him will do the same and will be punished. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt.
0: I agree that or at least I also have not seen any wording in the bill that really gives me confidence that the police are going to be truly reprimanded or lose their badges or lose their freedom if they do a chokehold or they taste somebody in the back i agree with that however i disagree that it's um that this bill is basically essentially meaningless the end of cash bail in chicago is a big deal it just is there are thousands of black people who are who who have been denied their freedom strictly because they don't have money for bail. It is a big deal that Chicago can't do that anymore. I I, I just can't. I I just can't go with that being small. But I do absolutely agree. As far as holding the police accountable, it's not clear if this bill actually does anything to, to change or improve that situation but it's not meaningless. It's not. It is a step in the right direction.
1: How did the cash bail thing work? Sir, do you have any money? No. Okay, well, he's free. If he has money, does he still get locked up?
0: I I don't (laughs)
1: understand. Like, What's the criteria (laughs) (laughs) on being able to go home without (laughs) no bond?
0: (laughs) The criteria is based upon the type of crime that you committed. So if you've committed a certain level of a crime, then the judge has discretion to decide Are you a danger to yourself and society and someone who should be put behind bars and have a certain bail amount on you? If you're not, if you haven't committed a crime to that degree, then they cannot hold you and force you to pay in order to get your freedom. So
1: so so check this one out then, And Mm -hmm. we're talking about police accountability. How many people, how many black people? Have been fucking arrested and charged with crimes that have been above and beyond what the actual crime was. How many times have these, how many times have these black people been pulled out of their cars, told that they were resisting arrest Mm -hmm. and have have fought with officers? Mm -hmm. What you bet that's gonna be a definite you going to jail and sitting there, you know? Man, please. Every cop that arrests every black person and shit will fuck around and throw. Whatever that one that whatever that one charge needs to be to keep them in jail, it'll be on their damn shit every time they walk into a jail and there's nothing they can do about it until after they fuck around to go to court. So that cash bail. Shit, like I say, it's fucking
0: meaningless because you still got motherfuckers no, that's throwing the shit on you that are not being held accountable. We cannot do this. We can't say, like, well, don't do anything until there are no racist cops. Don't make any changes. Don't <laughs> try to we're make any changes that make a because, racist, because racist because racist cops and racist judges are just gonna ruin everything. Like you know we're we cannot not saying get that. into this. That's not that's not you know what we're you, saying. I, saying is, is I, that it does kind of feel that way. And I get tired of that perspective. It's a bullshit perspective. You have to do something about the impacts. And to throw your arms up every time and say also, well, racist cops are just gonna make it meaningless. That is that's hey, you where does that put us? Have where to does to that leave us?
2: The other side. You just can't go that the That's fine, back end
0: but that doesn't mean the up doing the other thing is meaningless. Running. So that means
1: <laughs> so that means at the same time that we should just accept what they give us to? Oh, it's it's positive. Oh hey, you know, hey, as long as it's positive, let's keep it pushing. You sitting at that table and you know what it is that we all know. We know how these cops are. Right. And whatever the criteria is on these bills and shit that we signing, I'm just supposed to smile and say, OK, at least we
0: moving forward. No, when I you know it to... doesn't mean anything. Again, that the, what you just said is my is my issue is my problem because it's not true. You can say that this is not enough that more needs to be done, that more progress has to be made, but at the same time say this is a step in the right direction and a positive development for the city. It's not an either-or. It's It's not either we have weeded out all of the racist, terrible cops and terrible judges or we've done nothing and this is all meaningless. That 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 is just, that has no basis in reality. It, it, will, like take, moderate, it yeah. will take years. It will take <laughs> years for us to get a police department that is treating the black community in the way that we deserve. We should not have to wait morning, until that occurs. The Chicago for police been be fucked up for the to last the 50 to
1: 100 years, dude. And I just said, we go through this shit every time it's a new governor. We go through this shit every time it's a new mayor. Granted, we ain't had that many mayors. Mm-hmm. We have been through this same shit. This city been fucked when it comes to the police force before we were born. So how much longer, how many more steps do we need to take? How many more times do we sit down and say, oh, this is a positive move before you start saying, you know what? We've been in this same fucking move for a hundred years. It's the same thing. There's nothing different about this other than the wording, nothing. So you can't say we've taken a step forward when it's the same step we took three years ago, four years ago. It's the same thing. Rom got in and started talking about how he gonna hold the police accountable. Look what
0: Rom did. He covered a motherfucker getting murdered. Police accountability is not the only thing in this bill. Again, the end of cash bail. It. It's the only thing that's not in it. It's the only thing that's not in it. So they give you one serving. They give
1: you one healthy serving of one thing and all the rest of it is shit. So I could take this one and put it up on a pedestal and say, "Hey, great." No, I can't. No, man. Not that when we've been doing this shit for years. Years before we were born. I'm 40. Chicago been fucked up way before I was born. This ain't the first time all this stuff has been happening. The only reason people know about it now is because all these fucking camera phones and every little news outlet and shit that's just reporting every damn thing. It's been like this forever. I can't sit here and say, hey, because Governor Pritzker came to Chicago State and signed the bill, and the only one good thing you're pointing out about it right now is this damn cash bond which ain't even really guaranteed at this point. And I tell you what, and I won't throw shade on it until I see the shade given to it. I I give you the one, but hell what else you got? What else, what
2: else is different from anything else they've done? i give you something they could do right now that won't take, that won't take years. Take everybody who has, who has a complaint on them in that department, who has a complaint of any type of racism, any type of brutality, Make them interview for their job again. Fire them right now. Make them interview for their job again. Make them do that. And that will put might not even have a police department. Now that will put Here, a scare into them.
1: Here's what my biggest thing and what my biggest problem is in, with all of this. It's in the process of being a politician. And this is one of the things that I hated the fact that you talked about like you wanted to run for alderman. And it was one of the things that I hated the fact because I didn't want you in that world because I think it would either corrupt you or it would destroy you. Mm -hmm. Probably destroy you more than anything else, because I don't see you turning and being a complete piece of shit. I don't see that in you. I just don't. (laughs) The biggest thing for me and for what I've seen and just how I know how politics kind of go is at this point in time. When you're running for a mayor, when you're running for alderman, when you're running for whatever political office in a city like Chicago, the number one thing you have to have is police backing. You have to have the police union supporting you. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you can't make a move. Why do they have that kind of power? Why do they have the power to make or break a politician in this fucking city? Why is that a thing? Why is that not being addressed? There's something wrong with that. That sounds like some mob shit to me. That's some gangster shit. That that's the a police a damn the police. union can fuck mm-hmm. around and just make decisions on how a city is going to be. And then when they're approached and when they're told that they got to make changes or they got to do something different, they might as well just pull they pull their dicks out and kill you. Hey, dude, you kiss my ass. It's funny that they don't do that to me. That's how. That's how much. That's how much I feel like police presence, especially in this city. I don't know about how New York is or how L.A. is, but I assume it's all just about the same because I think the fucking police, whether it's the Union or Chicago, I think it's just one big fucking gang in the first place. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have these people who are in these positions who basically make or break people who are going to come in and try and make legislation. It's never about the people. It's never about the people. You you talk good shit to the people and whatnot. You tell them what you're going to do. And then you jump in the office and you do the total opposite thing, which is what life going through right now.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to mention it. You know, <laughs> Lightfoot has been going through a lot of controversy this week because those federal COVID relief funds got released to the city. And she wants to give about 280 million of it to the police. And there has been a huge uproar huge uproar about this saying that is deeply unfair and that that money should be going to the actual citizens of Chicago instead of being used to pay for, I think she said it was to pay for the salaries and overtime of police who had to serve like during the protest and extra stuff they had to do with COVID, like doing security at the McCormick Place uh, uh stuff like that and so you know a lot of advocates are saying well you need this 280 million to cover the police's overtime why is there overtime so much like why are they able to just demand th- so much money from the city and this is yet another controversy that Lightfoot is handling horribly. I don't understand how you could be a person with the ambition to want to be mayor, but at the same time have no political acumen to understand how you navigate a controversy. She came out publicly instead, the criticism about the $280 million she just wanted to give to the police was dumb. She literally said that word for word. She said it was dumb. Like it should be obvious that we should just give the police this money that is insane. That is insane. Freaking Ed Burke, one of the most conservative aldermen in the city and someone who is a staunch supporter of the police, staunch enemy of Lightfoot as well, but still a staunch supporter of the police came out and said this 280 million is almost a third of what we appropriate to the police overall. How does it make sense that we need to give them this money?" For this little small pocket of time where they were doing work. Anybody who looks at this is immediately going to be suspicious. It does not make any sense. And for Lightfoot to use her platform to pretend that it makes sense is insane. Because she wants to be mayor again. She wants to be mayor again. She can't this way. There's gotta be balance. There's gotta be balance. You've gotta be at least pretend that you're standing up to the police. Even if you're actually not, you've got to pretend she's not even pretending. She's not even pretending to hold these people accountable. How do you think you're going to be reelected that way?
1: With the police unions and the influence that they have, and you get the firefighters, you get get pretty much everybody that works for the city of Chicago to vote for you. You pretty much mayor. I don't think she's going to do that. I'll put it to you like that. Because I tell you right now, the population in Chicago has changed drastically.
0: As a black woman, you can't do that. Oh, you can I mean, be daily. You oh. can be daily. You can be rom, you can be one of those usual guys and get that done. Yeah. As a lesbian black woman, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. I feel you coming from the standpoint
1: of 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 of, of you know of, of, of humanity at that point, you know, you you have to be a real person. This is how you got in. That shit don't matter, dog. She, she the mayor of Chicago, bro. How you think Daley stayed mayor? How you think nobody ever ran against him?
0: <laughs> shit.
1: Uh, he had everybody. Again,
0: Daley had the the the, the, uh, the persuasion for the occasion. In his all
2: right. Everybody. Yes.
0: yes. And he can get away with that. Lightfoot can't. Yes, she can't. She all,
1: can. no, all, can. all she got to do is get voted to say the vote say she mayor. That's all there's, two,
0: there's too many groups who already didn't want her to be mayor before she became mayor. Just having city employees is not going to be enough. She is basically turning against her entire base. Daly's base wanted him to do the things he was doing. They're like, oh, man, you supporting the police. You're keeping them black people in check and you're bringing money into the city and you're beautifying the areas where white people live. I'll vote for you every time. How do you maintain power without appealing to your base? Do
1: the same thing that Daly did. Keep motherfuckers in check. Pay the police to keep water. these people in check. Own the city. Have everybody, have every department in this city vote for you because that's what you do. You own the city. You become mayor. It's when work. you become, you get your base yeah, and we're not together to make you mayor. When you get to be mayor in Chicago, you own the city in order to stay mayor.
0: She ain't daily. The only reason that Rom was able to get away with it is because Rom has a unique talent for being able to get rich people to invest in the things he wants them to invest in. So he was able to pull an, an amazing amount of money into the city. I hate the things that he did with that money. But his talent for being able to bring money into the city and convince rich people to support the things that he wanted to do, in my opinion, his talent for being able to do that surpassed Daly. If Rom had been the one in charge of bringing the Olympics to Chicago, Olympics probably would have came here. Daly couldn't get that done. That's the only saving grace for Rom following the Daily playbook and still being able to keep power. Lightfoot, what is Lightfoot's talent? What is life would that going on that distinguishes her and that is going to allow her to convince
2: people to keep her in power? Nothing. Nothing. I'll tell you what I'd have done the first day I was in office. I'd have, I'd have, first off, I'd have had my own security. I'm not, I'm not using the CPD as my security. That's first off. <laughs> Second off, first thing I would have did was take the FOP president and I'd have had my security Hold his motherfucking ass outside my outside my 20-story window <laughs> in my office. Hold him outside that window wow. and ask him whose city does this belong to? Whose city is this? <laughs> that, that would have been my first order of business. And, and that's honestly what any mayor coming in is going to have to do. Because in, mm-hmm. in Whitefoot's time, the police have taken even more control. Um, uh, of this whole debacle, and 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 the 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 protest coupled with with the little rioting, the looting, it only helped to strengthen their position, you know. And so, you know, and I saw it coming, even though I I didn't know all the looting, the COVID, I didn't know all that was going to happen, but I saw a weak person, a small weak person, when I looked at Lightfoot, and. And I, you know, I, I couldn't call the way it happened, but that's what I would have done first thing straight away. <laughs> and I think to be mayor in a place like Chicago and and more, you, you're going to cover why that is in, in the next portion <laughs> of the <this> segment. <laughs> right. But in a place <laughs> like Chicago, you got to come at it like sure at night. And she is not coming at it anywhere near in that manner. That's what I think.
0: So what Hudson is referring to is that every year, uh, the University of Illinois and Chicago does a ranking of the most corrupt states and most corrupt cities in the entire country. And yet again, Chicago is ranked as the number one most corrupt city in the entire country. And Illinois is ranked as the number three uh, most corrupt state in the country. Um, so there's an article about it, an article about this on wttw.com, dot com where they list some of the major scandals that have broken out, you know, just in the past couple of years. So of course, Alderman Ed Burke was indicted on 14 counts of racketeering, bribery, and extortion. He is, I believe, the longest running mayor, uh, alderman rather, at this point. Uh, former House Speaker Michael Madigan is has been accused of political hiring and contracting at Commonwealth Edison. Hmm. Senator Martin Sandoval has been charged with accepting bribes in connection with the placement of red light cameras, for Senator Sandoval died in December from COVID-related symptoms, of course he did. and Alderman, uh, former Alderman, Willie really Cochran, uh, pleaded guilty in June of 2019 to wire fraud in connection with allegations he used a charitable, charitable fund for personal expenses. John T. Coley, the former Secretary Treasurer of Teamsters Local 727. Uh, pleaded guilty to accepting $325,000 in bribes from Cinescape Studios. Cinescape Studios is responsible for providing the space that a lot of famous Chicago television shows are filmed on, like Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Chicago Justice, Empire, Shameless, The Shy, et cetera, et cetera. All of those shows filmed on Cinescape Studios. Cinescape? Is that the name? Yep. Yep, Cinescape. I thought, I thought he said Cinelease for a second. That's oh, <coughs> <man. laughs> no. for man. <laughs> you can't you can't blame Cinescape for this. This is Chicago. Chicago tries to force anybody who's doing business here to grease the wheels and pad the pockets of politicians who are in charge. And that comes out no matter what angle you try to look at the city from. And it's been that way since before. Anybody on this meeting. Was born. I
1: thought that was the only reason for being a politician in this city, getting paid. I I thought that was the only reason. Perfectly honest with you, I don't
2: Basically. know Chicago
1: well enough for what well not to be a politician. But you got folks who went well out and lived in this city, then then lived and lived this city for real life, just so they could become a politician, so they could they could carve it up the way they want to. Mm-hmm. Well, you so know, all these oh, hell yeah, Illinois, and Chicago is all the way fucked up.
2: And and you know these arrests and these these uh, punches—they're just going to keep happening. And Chicago's not going to get any less corrupt. And the reason being is that at the end of the day, a lot of them get light sentences, and you know that their friends, who a lot of most of them don't tell on, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna give them kickbacks when they get out. They don't do
1: you no know? snitching, and son. That, That's why Migori was good.
2: You know, you end up going in a lot of cases to a federal penitentiary where they where they receive light. You know they they don't get the real jail that that a lot of us are subject to when we have to go. They get that the black country, people get. jail. Exactly. <laughs> they get the country club and then they got millions of dollars waiting on them when they get out. You know, and, and so, you know, this corruption is going to keep happening because they take the punishments that are there. They take the laws there, there, and they find a way around, point blank. So you know what? What Cochrane got a year and a day? What kind of sentence is that? A year, a year and a day. You got three hundred and sixty-six <laughs> days in jail. I mean, you know, so mm-hmm. it, it's it's just again, it's it's they put it's almost it's almost meaningless.
0: I agree with that. The sentences that these people get when they're caught stealing, you know, I feel like. Cochrane is actually a small time example. Like the stuff that Ed Burke and uh, Michael Madigan have been doing is just atrocious and it is, they've been doing it in the city for decades. And the idea that more, more than likely they will not face any jail time. If they do, it will be extremely light sentences in places that are sure to take great care of them.
1: I will be very surprised if Prisca doesn't go to jail by either the middle or the end of his term. What? Priska's
0: not going to jail.
1: I mean, every governor for the last the last three went to jail.
0: <laughs> we ain't never had we ain't never had a governor with an, as much money as Priska. He's got too this much is true. money to be this is true. To be Priska is not becoming governor as a way to try to steal money. I he, I, don't he, know. I don't know. Hey, nah, I, I kind of feel nah. like that's the only reason. Like I say, I don't Pritzker know who, 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 who was the governor
1: before Pritzka.
0: Roner. Ronna had like ronna has got like a hundred mil, all right. He, he the only and one even who he didn't. Had he? That's because he already had like a hundred mil, so he was good. Pritchka got way more money than that. It's these people who come in; they only got like ten mil. And so they try to find a way to become one of them big boys. And they end up getting caught and sent to prison. Pritzker already is one of them big boys. He king of kings when it comes to rich people in Chicago. He didn't didn't need to become governor (laughs) to steal no money. He could have stole plenty of (laughs) money from his high horse at his hotels. All right. Nah, it's a whole different ballgame. We shall see. Now, he might not win re-election. He's already got Republicans calling for his head over this criminal justice bill saying we I wouldn't have voted for this and this bill had no transparency and I, I'm going to challenge him. And if you vote for me, I'll get this whole thing Ooh, yeah. vetoed and reversed and blah, 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 blah. But he ain't going to jail. They're going to have to actually white win an election and beat him.
1: White folks do not like Pritzker. I nope. will say that shit. I swear to nope. God, I ain't never seen another white man I hated it.
0: It as much in my
1: life. That shit was crazy. It. They, they talk, they hate that motherfucker. I hear that shit every time motherfuckers come walking in that damn store I work in. When they get, when I tell them, put that mask on fucking
0: Pritzker laws. I'm like, Oh wow. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> they do not like him. Cause you don't fit the mold of the Republican governors that they're used to. And, and, you rich
1: and don't want to take it from other people. from the How right.
0: dare you? Right. He doesn't fit that mold. And of course there are a lot of people who are upset about these COVID rules. Um, and some of them blame Lightfoot and Pritzker. I think that's unfair. I don't think it's fair to blame Lightfoot and Pritzker for mandating these lockdowns and trying to keep the disease from spreading. I think the real anger should be directed towards our federal government for not releasing funds to assist these individuals and these small businesses that have been so negatively impacted by what happened with COVID. But in order to do that, they would have to say that Trump did something wrong. And more recently, left leaning people would have to admit that Biden has done something wrong. Neither party wants to do that. So they're just going to blame Pritzker and Lightfoot.
1: Yeah, well, they tried to do what all the Chinese folks and stuff did. Yeah. I don't really care. I, I don't own a business. <laughs> I know there's a lot of folks out here that's hurting because of that. But I mean,
0: you know, it, my business is all online, that's uh, just the way I like it. Like sometimes, maybe business. if
1: you didn't have the necessary funds or emergency funds when you started your business, maybe maybe you should have thought about that just in case shit happens.
0: Nah, I, I wouldn't say that. This is unprecedented. Like,
1: you know,
0: shit happens. I, I'm I understand, saying. but, not, but not like this.
1: Don't just happen, but shit happens.
0: Yeah, but usually things happen that may prevent people from coming, that may make people decide not to come to your business and not to partake in your services. It's different when the government mandates that you can't provide this service. Like the My father loves to go loves to, go to the movies, so he'll see little artsy movies at the Music Box Theater. Music Box Theater sits like, what, 450 people? The laws that are in, in place right now, on, even right now only allows them to seat 75 people. So you've with this long stretch where the government has forced you to close. And now, even though you're open, they're basically saying, we'll let you sit a couple of people. There's no way I can run a profitable business with with less than a fourth of my capacity being able to be used. You can't say, well, you should already have money prepared for that. Nah, well, I'm nah not, this is, bad. Okay. This for is that, bad. For that particular <laughs> yeah.
1: situation, though,
0: when it comes to a movie
1: theater, I mean, come on! Shut the damn doors and wait for folks to come back. Yeah, no, you can't fuck around and keep Billy and Tommy on serving put that fucking nineteen dollar popcorn and shit. (laughs) No, I mean at some point, shit, when your greedy ass fuck around and you bludgeon fucking money out of people just to watch movies. I mean, come on! Some shit, just some shit, you just supposed to get. I'm sorry, I don't feel bad for movie theaters. I don't. For them fucking price gouging ass fucking people, I don't. I just don't.
0: I I completely agree with that aspect of it. But that's when you're talking about like AMC, you know, or some of these other like major change. Music box theater ain't no major chain uh, chain, and they ain't gouging people either. Like, let's be honest. Half the time they're playing movies that most people don't even want to bother seeing. And this is the but place like, that you hey, say they see four hundred and fifty people. Yeah.
1: So how is that even possible? If they're seeing they see a movie that motherfuckers don't want to see, how are they
0: seeing 450? When I say when I say that, they, they're they not- They just got the capacity. Is that what you mean? They'll re-release the original version of Aliens, you know, and, oh, and have hell. it at like a midnight version. I got you know? Aliens on they DVD have... and everything. Get
1: the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Stop Jason, trying to come
0: up and shit off the old shit. Come Jason, on, man. This is people's lives. It's their oh, businesses. You I'm need, you need to now. choose
1: a different life. Come on, man! <laughs> you sitting you know, here, you waiting to bring I, back Tootsie? Like to, Come on, dog!
2: I like nice. to bring up the way <laughs> the way Samori started talking about this. You know, I just want I just want to reiterate how Samori said, "Yeah, my dad like to watch his little movies over at the little music house, <laughs>
0: <concert." laughs> you know, over there." Wow, well, I feel for him. <laughs> I feel for him, you know you. you my dad loves but the movies, my dad. I love do the do movies. We don't want to see these theaters clothes. Oh, dude, it's he sees stuff. a bunch of crap I can't be bothered seeing, though. You know, he'll see these little artsy films, and I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't be called dad if he said this, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you had a good time. <laughs> I'll never know. I'll never know if that was a good movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, one last piece of uh, Chicago news. They have. Uh, put in a new bill regarding uh, gentrification, or at least they proposed they proposed a new demolition fee to slow gentrification. So this is specifically near the 606 Bloomington Trail in Pilsen. They want to require that real estate developers in that area have to pay fifteen thousand dollars if they want to demolish a building that could potentially be used for, (laughs) Uh, some of you might not be able to see Hudson rolling his eyes right now, but a $15,000 fee for real estate developers who demolish uh, housing that could be used as low-income housing, because of course, that's a big part of gentrification. They tear down those houses and then pull up, put up condos and and other single family homes that are way more expensive than what anybody in the area will be able to possibly afford. Mm. That $15,000 is supposed to go directly into the organization in Chicago responsible, uh, the Affordable Housing Opportunity Fund, which is responsible for creating more affordable housing in the city. So- Basically, this is supposed to be a way to try to rec- recoup some of that money and push it into creating more affordable housing for people who would not be able to get housing along Pilsen. I appreciate the, the idea of it, You know, the, the, the general feeling like something has to be done to slow gentrification in these impacted areas around Chicago. I don't believe this is enough. This, this is a situation where I kind of agree with Jason, where I'm like, this is meaningless because if I'm a real estate developer and I'm building these <laughs> expensive ass condos that these rich folk are supposed to come into and buy, a $15,000 fee means nothing to me, mm-hmm. nothing it most certainly does not deter me from partic- from choosing a particular site if I decide, hey, this would be a great location to do what it is that I want to do. And honestly, I'm not even sure how much $15,000 actually helps the Affordable Housing Opportunity Fund. What can you really do with $15,000 when it comes to housing and building up new housing for people? Like, And how much housing is there in the Pilsen area for $15,000 to to really amount to a large pot of money that the fund is really going to be able to use? This just this all seems like hot air. It just seems like Alderman's way of trying to say, like, hey, I'm doing something about it. We're progressive. We want to make sure there's affordable housing for everybody. While in reality, nothing happens. Am
2: I missing something, Hudson? No, you're not missing anything. Uh, You know, Uh, I mean, again, this is even if this was a significant amount of money, again, you're, you're starting on the back end. And this money isn't being used to prevent these people from losing their current place of residence. This money is used as some sort of relocation fund, basically. It's Section 8 again. It's all mm-hmm. it is, and if you if you take a building, let's say you take a, a three flat or something, and you and you get rid of people, so supposedly in a three flat you got up to three families maybe staying in there, right? So so right. divide that fifteen grand among three families, you got a five thousand dollar relocation, if anything. If I was to really think about this in terms, now I know that's not how it works. But here's what the city knows is that most people don't take advantage of the programs to get money for relocation. So all these people, this money that this fund is going to go into a fraction, a small fraction of the people are actually going to be able to take advantage of it. You know, so there's gonna be the requirements to take advantage of it, which people aren't gonna meet. Maybe, maybe they might have a felony. I don't know all the rules, but maybe they have a felony and can't take advantage of the funds. Maybe there's something else where they can't take advantage of the funds. I don't know. Right? And then you got the people mm-hmm. who won't even look into taking advantage of it. So it's going to be a small percentage to even take advantage of anything to relocate anywhere. Most people are just going to up and leave. They're going to find ways to evict <laughs> people. You know, it, it, I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's not hard. It it takes some time, but it's not hard over time to just evict people and not and not renew any leases. Don't take in any more tenants. And that's it. So so apartments just start going empty. So, again, we're starting on the back end of something as opposed to this is just all for show, because at the end of the day, what we need to be looking into is not so much stopping gentrification as much as making sure everyone has an opportunity to be a part of it. Everyone should have an opportunity to be a part of the new Chicago, whatever that's going to be. But no, they don't. Basically, you're telling the people of Pilsen, mm-hmm. I'll give you money to get up out of here. But after you promise them money, most of them aren't going to qualify. Right. And and that's really what you're doing. And that's what you did with the people on Section 8. Because it was ridiculous requirements mm-hmm. to get Section 8. And then you had to do some ridiculous shit for like a year or more to keep Section 8 and to be able to take advantage of it at the end of the program.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That I agree with. I agree. Um And I didn't think about it in the way that that you put it as well, but now that you've said it, I completely agree with it. We shouldn't be trying to, to stop what's happening with gentrification, because at the end of the day, it's about trying to make certain areas better, put in healthier food, cleaner streets, things of that nature. It's more so about ensuring that everybody will be able to participate in this new area, in the beautification, in what's happening, not pushing all the original people out so that you can bring in a bunch of rich white folks to enjoy the spoils. So we'll see what comes out of this. All right. And as we do on every episode, we end with sports, where apparently we're going to reach a new level of of status and uh, respectability as we find some way to get Russell over to the uh, the Bears. (laughs) Ha ha! apparently uh russell has approached the seahawks and uh given them some potential trade destinations i i'm sorry i haven't really i stopped following football after the super bowl so i don't really get it what is russell's problem with the seahawks do any of you know like why is he trying to force his way out i honestly don't know
1: uh i hadn't seen anything that what they were talking about i think it has most to do with the fact that management seems to be having an issue with him. Uh, Somewhere in it, I think they kind of feel like he's been more of a detriment to them uh, proceeding on and becoming a, you know, a perennial-type team. Like, he's kind of like – somewhere at the beginning of the season, I know that for, like, the first four weeks, all they was talking about is Russell Wilson is the MVP. And then he just took a straight downgrade, like, somewhere around week five. And he was just totally out of the mix. And I think they had some feelings kind of about that. I think they've been having some feelings just about Russell. I think Russell just been in Seattle too long. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly. And you you know how these folks and whatnot, these these organizations, they they want new blood sometimes. They they start sniffing around and they seeing other people that they wouldn't mind having on their team. Hell, they, once they fucked around and got wind and Watson wanted to trade and shit. They might have fucked around and started talking shit just because of that. You never know. Yeah. But I don't know any specifics on any reason why, you know, what, what the issue is between him and the management is. I really don't. So,
0: so I'm looking uh, at an article, and it seems like the problem is that Russell believes the reason why they've been losing – um, the past couple of years is because the office isn't focused enough on him that he wants the all the, the offense to revolve more around his skills as a quarterback. Whereas Pete Carroll believes that the Seahawks should maintain a more balanced offensive attack. And Russell strongly agrees with it at d- strongly disagrees with it. And I can only assume is also tired of losing. So it makes uh, the lack of change even more frustrating Hmm. to the uh, point that they are reporting that the relationship between the Seahawks and Russell is very fragile right now. And there is at least the, however unlikely it is, there is at least the potential that they are going to trade him and that this is the end of their arrangement. If that happens, the bears are not getting them. We don't have a package that we can offer. That would convince the Seahawks to part with Russell. Dude, just this get
1: your your boy Nick will be your quarterback. Be happy. That's what it's gonna be.
0: You know I'm thrilled. Oh Come actually, on
1: now. we might end up with Sam Darnold. That's a possibility. Because they not be, they not they not asking nothing for the kid. I mean, they probably go like a third or fourth round pick.
0: That would <laughs> be know. disastrous. Yeah, but
1: that, the bears are known for that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I see them making a move like that quite honestly because he's going to be cheap and he'll be easy to kind of toss to the side once they fuck around and figure out what they want to do in the future. Nothing surprises me about these people anymore. I just wait and see but I'll be honest though like I don't know too much about Sam Donald. I know at one point he was starting and then you know he wasn't. That's just about it and that's that's hard to say something bad about him because he played for the
0: fucking Jets. I mean, no, 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 no. That's exactly why you could say something bad about him, bro. All right. Well, it ain't he, his fault he Jets. got
1: drafted by the Jets.
0: The, but, but, but the Jets, as horrible as they are, mm-hmm. as much as things are going wrong, looked at what Sam Darnold had to offer and say, "Yeah, we got somebody. Um, we can do better. We can do better than this."
1: Uh, I don't. I can't necessarily take that because they, those people who chose Sam Darnold, built that team. So that don't necessarily make them good. So their opinion saying hey, we could do better. I don't I don't I can't necessarily just take that because you suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, the whole organization is terrible at this point. So anybody saying that we got somebody better than Sam, especially when y'all won for what, what, one fucking game this year, clearly so, whoever like, you
0: replaced him with was not better. Look. Let's let's put some actual uh, statistics around this bro, mm-hmm. all right? Donald ranks dead last out of quarterbacks with a minimum number of 300 attempts in yards per attempt, mm-hmm. 5.9. 5.9 yards for every pass he attempts. Mm-hmm. Second last in passing yards with 1912. Didn't even crack 2000 and touchdowns only eight touchdowns. 8 Eight touchdowns for the year. Hold on, and, he, okay, and third ahead. and third from last in percentage with fifty eight point eight percent. That was this year of this pass right? and complete. Yes, he only on played paper, like four games on paper before they benched him. On paper, Darnold is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league.
1: Okay, so when you bring it up then you need to bring up his stats from when he played. He played a full year last year. You can't you can't make comments on a man when he only when he got yanked. Four games into the season. When he gets yanked for a particular
0: reason, yes, I
1: can He got yanked by a sucky ass. He played for Adam Gase. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, motherfucker, the Jets yeah. suck all around. You
0: He I played 12 games let, last year, Let bro. me
1: be clear. Let me be clear. Yeah, because games. because he didn't start. He's the first four games of the season, and when I think it was fucking um, uh, What was that boy that used to play for uh, Baltimore and got Flacco? I think Mm -hmm. Flacco was their quarterback. And they put Donald Mm -hmm. there because he just got drafted last year. Mm -hmm. Sam, Donald only been in the league for a year and a half or two years. So they threw him in already on a sucky Jets team, you know, four games into the season last year. He came Mm -hmm. in and, you know, he did what he could. And in this year, the same sucky Jets, coaching staff and everybody else that was there was there again this year, yanked him after four games. Now, I'm not sitting here defending the kid to say, like, hey, he good or he had potential, because I've never seen him play. I'm just, I'm going off of the aspect of who he played for. So, I don't I don't know what they receiving is like. I don't know what their offensive line is like. I don't know, I know they had Le'Veon Bell for three seconds before he fucked around the jump ship. And ran over to Kansas City <laughs> so you know i i, I don't I don't want to put nothing bad on him because I don't know anything about him, but I know he was good enough to get drafted what I know he was drafted like top pretty ten sure first round.
2: pretty sure he's number two drafted,
1: and to have him and and to say that he was him being drafted and to say he had to be the person to come in and make the team better, I think number one is unfair. And it's unrealistic. How the fuck does Sam Darnold come out of goddamn college and make the Jets, who have been per- perennial suck ass, for, for at least a decade and so make look, them better?
0: Look, I'll definitely give you that. He It's not fair to say that he should have been the missing link to all of a sudden make the Jets a respectable team. All I'm trying to say is, he is clearly an inferior quarterback to Nick Foles hey. and clearly <laughs> inferior to what <laughs> the culture that Nick Foles will bring to the Bears. And therefore, okay, so the Bears well, should not Paul's bother record, pursuing Jack, him unless yeah. at, as a backup.
2: <laughs> what, what was Foles' record? That's with my Jack whole point. Do you remember that? You What's know, his was-
0: Super Bowl record? Thank you. That's all. That's all I. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Brothers, well, here right? you go. Then. Then, then uh-huh. we. Then we pick up. Uh,
1: Sam Donald. He comes yep. and he sits behind Nick Foles. He gets the championship culture that you I'm talked about. It. Then, when Nick gets hurt, because it's going to happen, <laughs> Sam Donald will come in and perpetuate the championship glory that Nick Foles has brought upon him.
0: That's fine, because by the time the playoffs come back around, Nick Foles will be fully healed, and he'll be able to institute that championship culture that allowed him to get the Super Bowl ring that he has on his finger that Sam Darnold and Mitch Trubisky do not have.
2: You no, know Sam Darnett, Darnold is, first off, he's going to beat Nick Foles out for the, for the first-string quarterback <laughs> position. You already know that. Just like Trubisky beat him out. <laughs> Darnold's going to beat him out. So, so the first part, and then what me. happened?
1: That's not fair, man. Nick didn't have an off season, bro. Oh. <laughs> did. Nick oh, didn't yeah. get an off season to win the job outright. He did. He didn't have an off season, so they threw in Mitch because he already knew the offense <laughs> and he was already there. And they knew they
0: was gonna pull him after the third game,
2: anyway. Oh, that's <laughs> okay.
0: So, so gentlemen. The people who made the decision that that Trubisky was a better quarterback for us than Nick Foles are the same people in charge who have been screwing things up for years that we wanted to have replaced. I don't know why y'all are sitting up here yucking it up about this decision that they made when it's obvious that their decision-making skills are deeply in question. And the fact that Nick Foles was not our starter quarterback from the very beginning is just another clear uh, clear example that these people do not have the, the talent and the acumen to make decisions that will put the Bears in a position to succeed. Mm, I, there is only one person currently in the Bears organization with the Super Bowl ring. They should be listening to that
2: man. The Bulls are actually showing some life. This is actually exciting. This new wow. coach has actually pulled them up so I'm early yeah are you watching the NBA I've watched a couple games I haven't I haven't gotten back to watching the NBA so to speak because I because I think the, the league is just trash now but but the Bulls are actually winning games I I think they already I think doubled the amount of games they won last year I think and and, they, and, they, and they're actually damn, up- how they do <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: <And it's- laughs> they were not very good last year
2: that's Isn't true
1: it- is that true? they won- they won
2: last year, but they didn't and oh granted, my god, wait a minute granted they were given an opportunity to play the full season I think they played like 50 games last year nope. because of nope. COVID
1: Hudson, just to correct you, sir they're sitting at the 7th seat just, oh, just I, a quick correction. It, That's all. Seven. Either way,
2: they're, in the playoff. They,
1: they're only they're
0: one they one game back from the fifth seed. I, I, I can tell you that much. Seventh seed still
2: means they're playoff bounds. Good enough for me.
0: You
2: know? <laughs> uh, and, and and a lot of people complain that Zach uh, Levine was was like put, pushed aside for the All Star bid like previous years, but it's it see the Bulls are winning now. So Zach Levine, like right. traditionally, is on teams that are losing. So it, it's hard to make the case that he deserves an mm-hmm. All Star nod when his teams have been sucking ass. You're the best player on a suck right. ass team. It, it doesn't get you an All Star bid a lot of times. So now, right.
0: of course, they're going to repeatedly feed you the ball.
2: Right. So now they got a, they got a mm-hmm. much better system in place. Uh, the coach is really starting to pull them together, so I'm I'm looking for some right now around the All Star break there and playoff contention. So I'm loving
1: it. Hey, here's a question: It's been a long time since I've actually watched basketball. When the Hornets come back, I thought they were the Pelicans.
2: I don't know when the Hornets came back, dude. Uh,
1: like they, like literally, I thought I remember the team first. It was the shot they became the Bobcats. Then the Bobcats moved to New Orleans and became the Pelicans. And now the Hornets are back.
2: Are you sure that's not the WNBA has the team called the Hornets? You see,
1: I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference because the, the Hornets are right under us in the AC. It says the Charlotte Hornets. I didn't, right. I didn't even know they were back.
0: Pelicans are in New Orleans.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, it used to be the Charlotte Hornets back in the 90s. Then they became the Bobcats in the two thousands. Then the Bobcats moved to New Orleans and became the Pelicans. But the Charlotte Hornets are now still are back in the league because they still got the Pelicans. But Charlotte has a team again, and they're the Hornets.
2: I did I didn't know that they were back since that last Derrick Rose and and that squad. I haven't really. I, I was kind of done with basketball because to me it it just started turning for the worse with the it's just all just just three pointers and flair now you know it's just
1: i just have a hard time watching basketball with zero
2: fans like
1: that's that's a i thought it was easy to watch football without fans because at least they kind of filtered in the sounds and you felt like folks was there and with the TV and the way they broadcast it, you can't see nothing but the field. No way the majority of the time. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you watch basketball, Jack. It's like they got the stands pushed up. <laughs> like, you know how it used to be at the gym when we, went to, when we were at school and they had the stands all pushed up against the wall and everything? That's how it looked. And it looked terrible. Like, they,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> I, how do you play basketball with nobody around? That's just, uh, that's just like, yeah,
0: just go outside ball. and play. It's like being brave It's like being. You might as well ball, go outside and play. Life. Why
1: even play in the Playground.
2: stadium? <laughs> why even go inside? <laughs> that don't even make sense. It you know really weird to watch with no fans in the seats. WWE. That is super weird. That shit to is watch. terrible. <laughs> oh, all them
1: TV screens and shit they be having. That shit is terrible. It's like, why are y'all still doing this, dog? Who is watching this?
0: This is this is so weird. I haven't even thought about the WWE in years, other than The Undertaker retiring. Dude, they yet, got this, like... This the, I'm sorry, go ahead. This is the third time today that the WWE has been brought up in some form for me. First, it was the Big Show who apparently left the WWE and went to some other federation called the, the AEW or something like that. And apparently a bunch of WWE folks were completely caught off guard and didn't realize that he would actually go and just become this whole big thing with then I was just about
1: to say, like they got a whole another wrestling, like the AEW mess. I didn't know what that was because at first I thought it was kind of like okay, the WWE lit all their little, you know, they have all the dudes who, who who practice with the the big stars and stuff and don't. It's like they practice squad.
2: They all mm-hmm. went and
1: they started their own little wrestling joint. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but then like Chris <laughs> Jericho
1: showed up and it was like, wait a minute. Oh my God.
2: Why is he still out there?
1: It's crazy, man. I don't know what's going on with wrestling. And then like to, to, to look at it. Because all I see is the commercials. I, I have not had the heart to just sit there and watch a wrestling episode in years. But to mm-hmm. see the commercials where they're like, yeah, man, it's going to be hell in the cell. And all these TV crammers and whatnot is where people are supposed to be sitting and stuff. Like, come on, man. This is terrible.
0: This looks horrible. Could you imagine felt- how quiet it is in them wrestling rings? <laughs> I felt really, really bad for Undertaker. You know, because when you retire, especially at the illustrious career he had, everybody from the backstage is supposed to come out. You know, people get to say some words. The crowd cheers for you one last time. All of that stuff to see his career end with him walking out that empty arena and doing his hail to the urn thing in the middle of this empty ring. It was awful to me. It was awful. I'm like, (laughs) this is not what you deserve, bro. Hold on
1: one more year, man. Let's get some people back in here before you quit. I was Let's like, go take a vacation and shit. We'll see you when you come. On come on, man.
0: Out. Exactly. Like, exactly. About. Um, y'all see
1: and Bob, then at the Bob, WE get in? Oh my God. Getting getting trained by Rikishi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, come on, man. Wow. I
1: can't, I can't do it no more. This TV is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> <I> <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And I can I remember the years that I was into wrestling like that, Jack. We was we watched that religiously. Mm-hmm. Now, oh my God. It's, oh, it's just Who terrible.
2: wouldn't have all the all the
1: wrestlers that became actors? Who wouldn't have watched it
2: then? Yeah, you no, know, that that, that was fuck, so all all up. the wrestlers
1: became actors. All the wrestlers became actors and started making movies and shit. Them motherfuckers was like, I they motherfuckers like, I'm they got podcasts. I'm out of this shit. I'm going to make some money. I'm not risking my life no more. Hell, Steve Austin got some shit on TV where he basically just living life, drinking right. and shooting and shit and hanging out with celebrities, well,
2: driving I mean, ATVs his Well, Well, to, to, his, to his credit, Steve Austin did kind of destroy his body. Being a fire wrestler, he, he, yeah. barely, he barely moved <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Yeah, his knees was gone.
0: It was over with. Yeah, fine We injury. need to have a wrestling episode one day. There have been some discussions online. I think me and Hudson were going back and forth about at one point about like who was the best during the Attitude Era and all that stuff. One of these days, we're going to have to have an episode about old school wrestling.
1: Too many dudes, said I remember, you used to come out and say, you just wait for the music to start playing. Oh, shit!
0: They got, they got, when
1: hey, that glass
0: broke, when Austin was coming out? <laughs> come on now. It was a wrap. Exactly, exactly. That's yeah. good stuff.
1: And for our fans, we're gonna have to start paying attention to basketball. We apologize for not knowing the Charlotte Hornets was back in the league.
0: Uh apparently it happened back in
1: 2013. Oh shit, damn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently Michael Jordan uh put in, you know, uh a request and was like, Hey, I, I want to change it back. You know, this whole bobcast thing is not working. Oh, do so, so too. Do he still own them? Uh He's still so a part owner or whatnot, right there. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. So. Well, the Bob, anyway. The that never, never struck fear in anybody. I mean, the Charlotte Bob. I don't think
0: the Hornets do either, but okay.
2: I, I, you know, a hornet sting you. You know, I don't really know what. A oh, Bob you mean
0: b- like the actual, <laughs> <laughs> the actual creature. I'm being chased by what? A Bobcat. So what you doing? Punch it or something.
1: <laughs> hey man, Bobcats wow. is pretty dangerous. I gotta tell you that. Okay, I seen them things. They got paws on them, son. They got paws. <laughs> <laughs> they ball the hell out <laughs> of you, <man. laughs>
0: you're not helping them, bro. <laughs>
1: Wow. No. Wow. As a, as opposed On. to the Hornets. <laughs> said, okay, well, I guess you get sworn wow. by enough of uh, Mr. Rapp. <laughs> On that
0: note, <laughs> I want to thank all of you for joining us here at SJH Mad Cave. We no, appreciate you man. spending time with us today. Remember remember that you can hear this and other episodes on all your major podcast platforms. We're on YouTube. (laughs) Once you're there please hit that subscribe button, like, oh. and leave a comment. You can also like, share, and follow oh. us on Facebook at SJH Podcast Family and at SJH Bad cat <laughs> I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for keeping it real. <laughs> Until next time, this is your host, Samori, signing off. Uh. <laughs> Watch out for them bobcats.
2: <laughs>